Sound Iron Podcast, we have Toby Weiss. He is a film and game composer, and he's got a uh, active Instagram following, and he is writing cues for Sound Iron occasionally for our beta team. And we're excited to talk to you about how you get work and your studio. I see you've got some uh, crazy colored lights and screens, and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for coming on, dude. Thank you, too, for inviting me. Could you tell us about your early musical life? Like, are you from a musical family? And what was the role of music in your childhood? Boy, it was a pretty, a pretty huge role. So I was okay. lucky enough that um, me and my little sister got um, a little keyboard when we, when we were like, I don't know, six years old or something like that. And my mom also teach me the guitar a little bit. Wow. And, and so um, I began to play around with stuff pretty early. And I don't know, my sister and me, we did radio shows and it was horrible for my parents probably but um still we we were always making music i was singing in a choir and then um, when i got into i don't know when i was like 10 years old when i um advanced to the second school the gymnasium in germany um there was like an orchestra class and so i was able to learn playing the cello uh, and and that was pretty cool i i I sadly stopped playing the cello when I was a teenager because I don't know, I decided that an electric guitar is cooler than a cello. <laughs> and I really regret this uh, decision. But um, but yeah, that was pretty much my start. And I played a lot of video games. And um, yeah, it's that was a huge part of my childhood <laughs> besides <laughs> uh, making music. So what kind of games were you playing? Um, a lot of Super Nintendo and, um, and Game Boy Advance. So um, I, I got my Super Nintendo pretty late. The GameCube was already released, but for some reason I I wanted to have this Super Nintendo as a kid because I I like the I like the graphics and I don't know why I decided to go for the Super Nintendo. Um, <laughs> and I played a lot of Zelda, played a lot of um, Metroid was one game that I really remember with a lot of passion. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, a lot of Nintendo games. And then later it changed a little bit, but that was what I grew up with, the Super Nintendo role-playing games and stuff. So does that influence your composing now? Like that, all that complex musicality just like scales everywhere? I'm not sure. It's It's like... I wish I could say, yeah, when I was seven years old, I already felt that I was born to be a composer, but I, I don't know. I remember that I I had a lot of tracks that I really loved. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was, I don't know, 14 or 15 years old, I began to to work a little bit with Magic's Samplitude. I don't know if you know this uh, door. It's like, um, yeah, pretty uh, beginner friendly because it's not that expensive and stuff. And um mm-hmm. I remember that I tried to, to play these things, but I I wasn't thinking stuff like, oh, um, he used this instrument in a very uh, interesting way or something like that. But, right, but right. yeah, probably this influenced me. So like in a subconscious way. I know like Super Smash Brothers music, I, like yeah. Hyrule Temple. I mean, that, that kind of stuff uh-huh. definitely influenced like what I think is cool <laughs> just, just from what I listen to. I think you can't avoid that to be influenced by the things you loved as a child or as a teenager. So um, that's because there are some people who are like, nah, my music is super unique. I'm not influenced by anything, but it, that's <laughs> nah. a lie. So it's yeah, like, right. no, you are you are influenced by a lot of things. And yeah, you're, you're influenced super all day by everything that's Yeah, you. absolutely. That's like when people say advertisements don't work on me. You're like, okay, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you're a teenager, you're playing electric guitar, and then uh-huh. what happens next? Um, I had a few bands, and I was like playing the guitar and singing a little bit, but yes. I I sucked on stage. So I had fun, but I'm not a I'm not a person for the stage. So and I I also felt that because. I had to, it it was okay when I drank a lot of beer, but I couldn't drink <laughs> beer for the rest of my life. So it was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not the guy for the stage. And, sure. um, and I also did some of these, um, I don't know, I, I wrote tracks for my own and just did a few things. And I noticed that um, I enjoyed just like creating the instrumentals for, for me and for my bands. And, and so um did more and more and, I don't know, in the beginning, I recorded stuff like I put a camera on my desk because I didn't have a microphone, recorded a video, then I exported the audio file. That was before Magic, actually. And then I imported this audio file into um, Audacity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's this this free thing that still mm-hmm. exists and still yeah. looks the same it for sure some does. reason. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't change. But yeah, and so um, let's sum this up a little bit. Um, and then um, after school, I, I wasn't sure what to do. I was like, I think that is a lie um, because I was like, ah, I don't want to destroy my biggest hobby and stuff. But I think I just was, I don't know, a little bit afraid or something like that. Because um, when you sit there and be like, oh, um, writing music is fun. And I think at this time I was more like, oh, I want to produce bands or something like this. So I wasn't that much into the this whole game music and instrumental field but i still i had no idea what to do so um and that's still a case today i guess because there are these universities like i won't don't want to drop names but i went to one of these uh, later too and for me it was pretty yeah pretty much wasted money i don't know it's maybe for some people this works because um you have frames and stuff you have a schedule and some people need this but i i think the biggest problem is that they promise you things like yeah if you if you pay 20k uh, euros or dollars or whatever then you'll um, get into the music industry and that's a pretty big problem because uh, you can't promise things like that now i have a useless bachelor degree but still i was um i was really diving into gay music du- um, during these years so from like my early 20 or when i was 20 to 23 24 that was when i really noticed what you can do with music it's like this dunning kruger effect i thought that i already knew a lot of things because oh i was a singer songwriter and i had bands but i knew nothing so um <laughs> then i explored stuff and um and that was I, I think in my early 20s i remember that a few of the first um libraries i bought were sound iron stuff my first choir was uh requiem light yeah yeah let's see so you you finished with college and like college was like a subpar experience for you but how did you transition from kind of being a hobbyist in music to landing your first score for a game that's um the most asked question on my instagram i don't know my instagram grew quite a lot and i at least get two messages a day with people asking (laughs) hey how do i get into the um into the game industry um can you tell me the secret and um it's like the people expect a shortcut because a lot of yes. people see also accounts like mine. I try to um, cover topics like mental health, the problems, the sleepless nights, um, all these potential things that you can stolpern in German. Um, like you 
fall. <laughs> I don't know. And um, that, that make you struggle. Um, yeah, bring you down. But still, if you only watch my videos, it looks like, yeah, I'm making music every day and um, that's it. And I earn a lot of money and um, you only need to... You need to buy, I don't know. And that's so wrong because as already said a few minutes ago, there's never a guarantee or something like that, that you will make it into the industry. Never. You can be as talented as possible. Yeah. And the more you do, um, even with talent, the more you exercise, I rearranged hundreds of soundtracks to learn what the composers did for games and stuff. But that still isn't like the secret to get into the industry. And because... Um, the more you do and the more you learn, the more um, situations may pop up where you can be lucky. Or So um, you have to trigger as much situations as possible that could be lucky for you. I think that's the way to go. But, and I was super lucky. And uh, to answer your question, um, <laughs> which I forgot. So after school, I was like, ah, I don't want to do this. And then I decided to go for this um, college thing. And I was like, okay, I, I'll just go all in until I turn 30 years old. I just do 10 years of trying as hard as possible to become a composer. Because in this year of from 20 to 22, I, I figured out that that's what is actually um, the most fun part to create instrumentals. Now, I wasn't like, um, I want to become a game composer. I just, I think I wanted to become a composer for media. I don't know, I still do a lot of stuff, mainly for games, but... Um, I do music for bands, for books, which was amazing for, for a few films, not that much, to be honest, for corporate stuff. And today I'm in the lucky position that I can choose what I can do, but I did everything. And so, and that's what I did. So I was sitting there after college and um, I did the obvious things. I reached out to dozens of forums for some reason, especially game devs love forums. It's mm. like they were, some of us stuck in, the early 2000s so in, uh, <laughs> like it's really weird and I, they still are there today and yep. um so i it's, it's funny um and that's sort of the obvious things and i did a lot a lot a lot a lot of uh, super low and no budget productions but there was a time when i noticed well i know nothing about game music i can maybe write mediocre melodies and stuff and <laughs> i can do a few chord progressions and um but that's it and that's when i began um as i already said to a work on these super no super low budget productions no budget most of the times and to begin analyzing all these soundtracks um of my favorite games and to put focus on why did they do things why did they use this specific instrument and is this instrument connected to something is it connected to a character a color i don't know i just tried to find out as much as possible and that's also um, a grudge. I don't know if you can say it like this, because I can't play games anymore um, without frequently uh, or running into my studio when there's an interesting whatever, a sound, a chord progression. I immediately have to recreate this. I tried to play Persona 5 um, a few weeks ago. No chance. The music is too good. So <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to go get into this music before I actually play the game. After... I think five years. So when I was 25 or 26, maybe six years, that was when the first time it was called Gilded Shadows, a visual novel, not my kind of game, but this person, I began doing um, Instagram stuff already a little bit. And I was, I posted stuff in the indie dev Facebook groups and things like that. And I was just like, okay, I have to produce as much as possible. 
before I get to Gilded Shadows, um, that's a more important point, this production thing. Because what I did, um, everybody knows this problem. If you try to um, approach somebody with like, hey, I want to work with you. Um, they are like, okay, what did you do before? Where's your showreel? But you don't have a showreel because, yeah, it's, a, it's not like um, a unique thing for the music industry. It's like everywhere. You need something to get somewhere. It's, it's weird. And so I just, that's not like a tip that I have to do, but I just made things up because um, I hadn't projects where I could uh, work on. And so um, I was like, yeah, um, I'm writing um, something for this or that game project right now. And then I explained what I was doing. And so I was able to showcase stuff like light motive connection and things because I was able to talk about these things and to underline these unique selling point that people have above these music libraries. but um, And that's what I did a lot. I just began to talk about this. And obviously during the years I, I tried, for example, I, I wrote mails to every single developer that's uh, on Steam. It's a gaming platform. So yeah. I went on every single website because there isn't like a database. I Googled their name, went to the website, put the email address into a document. Then I wrote like 4,000 emails Obviously, I didn't get a single job, but um, it at least felt like I was doing so. But but I learned that I have to do stuff like unique pitches. So when I approach a new project today, I'm like, hey, I saw this artwork. Here's a little tune I wrote what I had in mind um, that represents this situation in my mind. So I just like try to showcase or to, to present what I can do for their product and to show that I care about that. And um but yeah, that's what I did a lot, just like trying. And then now we can turn to this Gilded Shadows part. Um, then this team reached out to me and they, for whatever reason, I think I wrote them on Instagram. Hey, I can do music for you. Like the other 500 uh, game composers that write game devs every day. Um, but maybe I just I, I wrote the right words or something like that. Or she liked my music um, and she came back eight months later and she had um, collected money via Kickstarter, I guess. And she collected, I think, I don't know, 5,000 Canadian dollars. I'm not sure anymore. Um, I thought uh, Canadian dollars is the same as um, USD. It's not. No. <laughs> it's, yeah. um, I didn't know that uh, during that time. But anyway, somebody collected money to um, a lot of money. I never earned like four digit um, sum before that for music that I write. And um, that was so valuable for me because it's not like that I do this uh, for, to become super rich. But you need to, obviously, you need to earn money to, I don't know, sleep in a calm way and to do this thing. And um, during that time, I worked at festivals. During the day, I was a backliner, do, was doing mixing stuff and so on. But still, I almost always was um, in the reds. So um, it, it was amazing for me because I think a huge problem that a lot of composers have is also something like an imposter syndrome. Mm. So um, when I was talking to my, I don't know, friends and stuff and was saying, yeah, I'm a, I'm a game composer. I was in my head. I was thinking like, nah, not really. And, um, but yeah, that's, it were a few things that I were doing. Yeah. So getting paid was like a validation that you were on the right track and that you, it kind oh. of like validated what you were doing and made you feel good. I know that uh, people say making your first dollar on the internet will change your life. And so you kind of had like a similar experience with my original music has made me money and I can pay some bills using my skills. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you were so kind. That's something that's still the most important thing for me today, because it was a super, an awesome atmosphere when we were communicating. And it's the best feeling in the world for me if I noticed, okay, this person is super passionate about making this project the best possible project. And it's not like, yeah, um, I don't know, there's so many people, so many projects where new from the first minute, nah, this game will never be released. Like, yeah, mm. we are two people and we, we are still students, but we are going to make the new World of Warcraft, but even bigger. And um, then we will become super rich and um, yeah, quite a lot of situations where you just notice it's perfect. Everybody wants to create the best possible thing and um, everybody respects the other person's skills. And that's... That was maybe even more valuable than the first bigger amount of money that I earned. But it probably was a combination of both things. So how long did it take you to write that music? Mm, Gilded Shadows, that was a few months later, another game project joined this thing so i it became a less a bit slower because i didn't know yet um how to how to schedule things right how much i can do in a specific time and stuff and it were only um i think 20 minutes of music or something so it wasn't uh, one of these bigger projects that i do today two months or three months it was um my first multiple weeks project what about now are you are you doing anything um as far as like trying to knock out a certain amount of minutes of music a day or depending on how many projects you have going on or mm, so a few months ago there were was the first situation where i noticed oh fuck i accepted too many projects because i was pretty much always able because there weren't enough uh, requests to always be like yeah i do that i'll do that because even the worst project uh, where was valuable for me because if I have to write for a desk, then I do that. Then I do the best possible track for this desk because, yeah, why not? I learn to to get into things and understand how they sound. I don't know. Um, and so there I learned it the hard way that I can't um, do work infinitely, especially um, since I'm 30 years old now, you get older and you can't be awake yeah. for 72 hours uh, straight don't get, anymore. You don't get younger. No, absolutely not. And it's really, it's really hard. It, it, it destroyed my neck. I'm still suffering from that today. So I'm trying to do like exercises and stuff. And I was like, what the fuck? I, I, that's uh, not the way it works because I love working, but I don't love working if I have constant pain. But um, a minute of music is, it always depends. I divide between the first minutes of music for let's say a game OST. So the first few minutes it's are in most of the cases how I approach it a four to five minutes mood track because before I write a concept like three or four pages where I wrote down all my thoughts on the game I try to get as much information as possible because in most of the cases you don't get like a playable game and write music for it mm -hmm. um, and so um, very often there are only words and ideas and I try to get as much information as possible. What colors will you use? So what, what's the word and stuff? How is the main mood in this world and, and everything? And then I sit down and write down my ideas, like what instruments do we want to use and why and stuff like that? What are they connected to? Do we have light motifs and why do we have them? And um, they, I think that there always should be a good reason to use a specific instrument or a specific phrase or a melody, because that way you can really make use of all these things that you can do with music subconsciously to people, because that's awesome. Everybody understands 
all these effects that music can do work with everybody, even if they don't know why. And because it's like in universal language or something like that. And um, so the first track is this mood track. And this can take, I don't know, in most of the cases, it's probably eight, 10 hours to, to um, sometimes more, sometimes 20 hours, because it's the most important track, because that uh, kind of determines um, the, the later sound and mood and instrumentation of the game. So it's not like I only use these instruments, but it's like a rough basement. And now and then it can evolve. And that takes quite a lot of time. And um, after that, so the later minutes of music, um, it, it becomes faster and faster because after a few revisions, a few tracks made, a few lays uh, created and stuff, it's maybe um, it can be up to two, only two hours for a minute of music, sometimes only one. It always depends. But I think I always calculate with two to at least six hours per minute of music just to be safe. So you're saying you basically lay the foundation and that takes the longest time. So like the, that first five minutes of music is the most important because it's like the foundational layers of the, the whole score. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then it gets faster after that. Yeah, absolutely. So what's a typical day in the life? Are you like a night person or a morning person? And like, how do you start your projects? I, I don't do this night thing anymore. I, I, I work during the nights quite a lot of time because I, I think I thought a little bit that you have to do it like this because <laughs> that's something you see in movies and stuff. And, um, and I kind of enjoyed it. But um, yeah, today I enjoy getting up early and I don't know, I feel most creative in the early hours of the day. So today I already did everything. I stopped working like two hours ago and then in the, in the, Very first hour, I just like check my mates and stuff. That's something I have to do. In most of the cases, I do that in my bed already, like with my smartphone. But I try to stop that because that's not healthy. Um, and uh, and Shut then I off. just yeah, oh, it's that's a good idea actually. I, yeah, I've I've heard a lot of people <laughs> saying like like when they're done for the day and then they're like they go in their room to just like chill or veg out or just like get your you know watch some YouTube or just like get your mind off of whatever you're doing. Is they'll actually like take their phone and put it in another room. Yeah, you know? it's, it's it's I really should do that. I'm 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 listening to a lot of podcasts because I'm not good with silence and I use my smartphone for that. And maybe I should just get like a super cheap second device to allow me to put my smartphone off because it's really it's really hard sometimes. I, I noticed that after work in my work days to get back to this, I like in most of the cases, sometimes six, sometimes eight, but in most of the cases, I sit here way more hours, like nine to 10, probably. And then I stop working, but I don't stop working. So I, I can't shut off my head because I'm still in this weird creative mode when I uh, compose too long. That's why I try to do this in the early hours. So my active music production time is like four to five hours, I guess. Sometimes more if there are tough deadlines, but that's the best time period for me that's what i figured out otherwise i can't sleep during night because there's too much going on in my head it's it's really something you i have to take care of to to try to really force me to somehow get out of this work um mood or stance i don't know and on the other hand i'm not like the kind of person who is like oh i need to improve my work life balance because if you don't like merge your your work and life then this is not a job for you at least I don't know, in some kind of way. So it's not like a hundred percent type of thing. I have to force me to have like calm times and stuff, but 
on the one or an, on one or another way you you have to merge this thing you you have you have to have fun to do this so um that's the most important thing to have passion for this stuff because otherwise you'll just i don't know suffer after a few years and you won't make it through the first seven or eight in my case years where you don't have a single dollar and yeah i do music the first four or five hours to get back to your question and then i take a short break i don't know i do nothing probably mails instagram scheduling and stuff hashtag analyzes it's i can't see hashtags anymore i have like 50 pages of custom sets and analyzing stuff and uh, but i'm getting through this finally and uh, that takes a lot of time i do these videos i post once per day that's um pretty tough <laughs> but um it's one of my main income for jobs at the moment yeah um so um that really changed it was different a few years ago but it's really valuable for me and yeah then sometimes i do a block of making music again like another three or four or five hours but i try to avoid that right now or at the moment i try to change a few things so talk to me about the instagram you said that over the last two years you've had like a huge spike in followers and you just said that like a lot of your work is coming from the mm -hmm. dms right basically like people are seeing your your work online and they're like hey i like this guy's vibe i like the studio i like his music let's hire him for something yeah um, it's more like during the last seven months, actually. So last year okay. in November or so, I had 3K followers. Now it's 24, 23, I don't know. And back then when I had two or 3,000, that was already huge for me. And yeah. I, But there I did a lot of active um, acquisition stuff. So I reached out to people and tried to talk to them and um, I pitched stuff and or I created a little, a little song for the scene, as I already said. I don't have time for this today uh, anymore. And that's awesome. And so I, I don't know what changed. I think uh, I, I did a few things. A, um, I... I acted like, again, I acted like I was already um, more advanced as I am. Like um, I bought this desk. I don't need this to work. It's um, And I could <laughs> barely afford this one. It's, it was really like killing nice my desk. bank Studio account. desks are awesome. Yeah, they are, but I, I didn't have the money. But I was like, okay, I have to, I don't know, I have to look more professional and stuff. And I didn't need this statue. <laughs> it's, it's dress, uh, not dress for the job you want, right? Yeah, it's oh, but it was a childhood dream too. It's, um, it's like what they say: presentation is key or king. Yeah, or whatever. absolutely. It's all that's, about you know. It's like yeah, it's like all this stuff. Like we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like all this stuff isn't necessary, and it's not what we used when we were first starting. It's just kind of like you know, it just develops over time, or you start wanting to like mm -hmm. add things, or especially if you're doing video, you know, you start thinking about things differently, like how your room is set up. It's funny. I think I even commented. I was like, "Wow, like our setups are actually kind of similar." Minus, I don't have statues and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like your monitor setup, like all that sort of stuff. It's like how to either make it look cooler for video or like changing it up for your for your workflow setup and all that yeah. kind of thing. And that's another thing. I, I bought so many stupid stuff to improve my workflow. I had like <laughs> so many hardware and I was like, oh, that's going to improve my workflow in an awesome way. But in the end, I don't know. It's 
it barely happened that there's really a valuable thing that improves my workflow. Um, it's I, I spend so much money on things that I sold again after a few weeks where I tried to to make me believe that it's very valuable for me and try to force me to use it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, the, the first thing uh, is try to, to look more professional than I was during, I don't know, three or four years ago or five. And um, the second thing is video um in general i i don't um i don't know i in the perfect world i wouldn't have to do these videos it's not something that i like doing so i think it's cool if it looks good and if people like what i'm doing but i don't know these all these performance videos they like to see that because people want to see things they want to see stuff and i i understand that but I don't want to do things while I'm, I like to talk about the things I do and I like to showcase snippets and stuff, but, but yeah, that doesn't work. So I had a SoundCloud account and it's, <laughs> it's, I don't know, people don't listen to, they do listen to music, but they don't explore new stuff or it's, it's hard to reach out to people or make them, especially to sell stuff with non-visual um, things. Mm -hmm. So you're saying visuals are very important. I think that's a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about what you're saying about the ha the hashtag stuff because that's an interesting topic that you see every now and again it change. Like some people say, oh, like don't use hashtags or use hashtags or oh, you should only use five or or yeah, using too many will hinder it's, you know how how far. Yeah, so I, I'm curious to see what what your thoughts are on that and the research you've done. Yeah, yeah, I I also read a lot about that. So and then like three or I don't know, six months ago, already a, a short time period before, because I had one video that was exploding and that gained me like plus 5,000 followers wow. um, in the end of last year when I, when, when I was talking about, then I reached 10K. Then I was thinking about, oh, this can work. And then I tried to use the same hashtags and they didn't work, never mm -hmm. again. So, and I didn't understand it. There's this explore page and stuff. And then I tried to dive into this topic and it's, a huge rabbit hole and in the end there's no real information because nobody knows this algorithm that changes every day mm -hmm. and and so i then then someday i just stopped and threw away all these stuff or all these documents that are read with super valuable tips and stuff I, I even paid money for people to tell me what i have to do and it didn't work and so i began to write down everything i wrote down every hashtag that I used and I tried different things like only five for a few days and compared it with other stuff. I compared different hashtag sets and uh, different time zones. Uh, so when to post and stuff. And I combined that with the analytics of um, one of these uh, schedule tools. Yeah, I'm using later that worked for me. This dude's doing science right now. This is a scientific. It's, it's <laughs> It really was. And, and for some reason, um, doing these... Uh, tables and calculations kind of makes me feel relaxed because it's like when you do music it's always you don't there is nothing in the end there is a track but it's never done you can say it's done now but you you know that it's not really done it's uh, so and when you do a table then it's done if it's done and so i, I don't know i like doing these things and i yeah i have probably really hundreds of pages so I compared everything during the last, from January on, I don't know. And um, slowly but steady, I didn't understand the uh, algorithm or something, but I, I found a way that's pretty stable. 
so that there are a few videos um, every few days at the moment that may change again that have a thousand or two thousand plus likes and that my account stays um, growing. But um, that's also something where I try to get a bit of distance again because it's so toxic. If you, it really is weird because you feel, oh, today I only reached. 50,000 people, which is huge. You, when I try to um, get back into two years ago or something, it's so hard to um, appreciate what you already reach. That fits on everything, by the way, not only Instagram and stuff, but there you have these, these numbers. You really you have this arrow pointing downwards if you did worse than the week before. Mm-hmm. And that's that does something with your brain. It's really mm-hmm. insane. And um yeah, it's, but it's the same with my um, with making music. I don't know. I really reached a lot during the last two years. Um, it's I that I could have only dreamed of. <laughs> That's a hard sentence for me as a non-native speaker. But um, but it's for me. Uh, it's super hard to appreciate these things. So um, I'm very happy every morning when I go into this room. But still, I feel like okay, now I have to achieve the next things and the next things. And um, that's something one should learn as early as possible, I think, uh, to appreciate things, to take a rest and just like look at what one or or you already did. And um, especially with Instagram, but we don't need to talk about how toxic social media stuff is. Uh, Instagram is funny because uh, like imagine having 50,000 people on your front lawn and they can say whatever they want to you. Like in real life, you'd be like, no, thanks. But (laughs) <laughs> on Instagram, you're like, yeah, I want these 50,000 people to to like my video, yeah. watch my video and comment it's, on it. <laughs> and that's really strange. weird. Yeah, it's Absolutely. super weird. And, but that's my whole, um, my whole life, actually, because I have one client or two in Germany and I met one of them and that's everything. So I worked with um, a lot of people during the last few years, um, but I never saw one of them and I, I never saw the people that are, I don't know, writing feedback on my Instagram channel and stuff. And um, so it's it's even harder to understand what's happening because in the end, I'm still sitting here in my room that looks a little bit like the child's room that I always dreamed of. Nice. For me, it's pretty hard to, 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 to understand this because, um, yeah, I, I'm talking to people from China and I'm not sure if I really understand that I'm talking to people from China at this moment. So that's the same with Instagram. I absolutely do not want multiple thousands of people stand in front of me saying like, yeah, you're great. Or uh, <laughs> the other way around, even worse. Right. And yeah, it's a, it's a little different when when you deal with like mainly, you know, like like me and Nathan, like we don't work in an office together. So it's like, you know, seeing seeing someone on a camera and talking is probably the best thing versus just typing because it's like there's mm-hmm. almost this like disconnect. You're like, is this even real? You know, like, yeah, you just get into this like routine of like, I go into, you know, my room, I do my work, you know, I email with my clients, but then it's especially with like Instagram, it's like you're working so hard for this thing to get in front of people. But once they comment or say whatever, it's kind of like, is that reality? Like, is it, you know, it's, it, yeah. it's just weird. Like social media is a really weird, interesting thing on, on the mind, like you were saying, or it's almost kind of like what you start to think like, what is this for? You know, especially mm-hmm. if you're getting stressed out about you know, the algorithm, you always hear people say like, oh, I'm getting shadow banned or the algorithm or the, it's like shadow bands. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, like this <laughs> stuff didn't even exist years ago. And like, you should like not, of course, you know, make it to where it, 
it starts to ruin your life or stress you out because yeah it, your it, whole it can, identity yeah it can really have a lot of crazy effects on your mind so it's Absolutely. like you can't let it of course if you're using social media to try and get your stuff out there just understand like don't take it serious to the point you know because that, that stuff could go away at any time and it'll you know the next thing will, will come out and then everyone will be working to understand that and it's just like yeah and that's yeah. pretty hard but i think I, I made up kind of a persona so i'm as much toby as possible but um that's something very important too you have to use yourself um to sell your product so i made myself become a part of the product because um that's what people enjoy they enjoy to work with people and mm. my kindness my uh, i don't know the fact that i care about the product and about the person and stuff all these things that's my real usp not my super awesome music uh, or something like that that's mm. that doesn't it's of course that's a must have you have to you have to be good and you have to have a style that the person likes and you have to be able to understand game music and stuff, all these things, the hard skills. Um, but you also have to be um, a good person in a way. So um, because otherwise, pe maybe people will work once with you, but then they will be like, nah, I don't know, that, that wasn't great. And a lot of the people that I work with in the, in the super early years um, came back uh, years later when they grew up and, and stuff repeat customers repeat clients yeah absolutely and back then uh, these persons didn't have budget a budget or something but i still went all in i i did my job as good as possible and even if i didn't really like the game or i, I always tried to do the best possible thing because that's my product that's everything i am it's like a, a yeah. bit too big but in this composer toby vice persona that's everything everything i release is everything i am and everything i say and stuff and that's why i write or talk so much about also the bad sides or at least try at Instagram and try to really get back to, to the people because it's kind of scary. I get a lot of messages of people looking up to me and I like, wow, I want to become like you. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty weird that somebody said that because I'm feeling like a child and I'm <laughs> sitting here in, I don't know, with no clothes on and, and doing a bit of music. So I, I really had to learn that because in the beginning I, I, felt a little bit like are they are they i don't know are they are they lying or are they trying to do something bad to me and it's super weird but that helped a lot by the way to to get a, above this imposter syndrome and stuff when you notice there are people that actually look up to you not in not in a way like oh i'm i'm awesome and uh, i'm the best person in the world but like oh okay I, i did something right and i can give something back maybe and i'm on the right course Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, but it's still, 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 still super dangerous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what you said, Craig, there's like have these numbers and especially if, if your Instagram account is not connected to a business or a business persona, but um, that's also a giant topic. But if your whole life is connected to, I'm a good person if I get enough likes. And I felt like that too a little bit because you can fall into this, cave or hole because it's awesome that you have numbers in life you in general don't have numbers your job you have the payments that are, that's the reason why these payments are important bigger numbers equals you are a better composer in a way so at least you can kind of understand these numbers there's not like um you're not leveling up like in an mmorpg or something and now you're level 60 composer there's nothing mm -hmm. you never really know where you are i i do i do it's funny that the the term imposter syndrome i've been seeing that come up a lot 
even uh-huh. like a lot of YouTubers are starting to do videos talking about like imposter syndrome. And it's like, I think a lot of that ties into social media and like the numbers game thing. Cause it's like, you think, oh, well, this has this many and mine has this. Is there something wrong with me? Like, is there, am I, you know, but that doesn't justify anything. Like, you know, you can have, or some, some five-year-old kid could have two million follows on Instagram or something, but it's like, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're like, I don't know, there's like, there's something wrong with you, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Like, or like, you feel like, like I'm not, I'm not skilled enough. It's a weird thing that the term imposter syndrome, it's, it's very interesting because it's like, I think anyone who does like content creation probably has that thing that pops in their head. Like what justifies your, your skill set or something. But I think it's also about money in this specific case. I think it's it still feels super weird that people pay me for the stuff I do, especially when I do mentoring or something. I tried that because I want to improve my social skills and I like to help people. But yeah, it's, it feels good. I do that once a month or something like that. And um, that was really hard for me because these people were paying me for me talking in a very reduced way and mm-hmm. i really was like boy i can't do that i was talking to my girlfriend i'm like it's like why the fuck should i do this i i am nothing and i was really like going down this curve and um but then it was awesome and the 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 guy was super happy and it, it, it still felt super weird and it feels super weird every time and recently i met with a guy who was i didn't see his messages he was writing me for weeks and he was like so excited that i answered him and then i he was like maybe you can answer me this question i was like hey maybe let's just meet and chat a little bit in a zoom talk because um he seemed to be nice and <laughs> uh, he was like so excited and that was weird but, but i wanted to say something else about these things that you just said craig the yeah that you compare yourself to other people i had huge problems with that so i when i began creating stuff for social media i felt exactly this way i because for years my videos had like 50 views on Instagram and YouTube still. It, I don't I upload there, but I don't take care about that, uh, of that. <laughs> and so um, and I was like, am I doing something wrong? And I was super bad because um, during that time, I didn't earn enough money yet because three years ago, I guess, I was able to quit all my side jobs and make this become my full-time job. And that was a bit before that date. And um, I really felt super bad because I was seeing these people with a lot of followers and I was like, I, I can't do that. What, what what am I doing wrong? Maybe I'm looking wrong. Maybe, um, I don't know, because and I, I really had to learn that uh, during the last few years that this has, that this has nothing, um, your follower account. Because a small example, but I reposted videos that I posted a few years ago and today I don't know. They're liked by thousands of people. So it really says nothing. It, it, it's in no way connected with your quality. Of course, there should be, I don't know, a base level of quality. And maybe on the long term, people will see this. And it's, again, what, what we talked about in the beginning. There will be more and more situations where you can be lucky. Maybe. But maybe you won't. And that's super sad. But then at least you tried. Dangerous and scary. Yeah. I, w- I want to talk about um, you posting a video every day. So I'm I'm not on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen your videos. But so what what are these videos like? Are you playing music? Like are you performing music on an instrument? Are you playing back music from your speakers? Or what what's going on in these videos? Most of them are simple performance videos. Like um, I'm recording myself 
during the recording of an instrument a few years ago, I was acting like I was playing an instrument, but I noticed sure. that nobody noticed that most of the people are like, they think I play the whole track with one hand. So and they're like, oh, how, how do you play as many? I don't know. So that doesn't really matter. But today, a lot of music producers, especially music producers are following me. And so I can't do that anymore. And so I just... I don't know, it just, I record myself while I'm working most of the times to save time because everything has to be as efficient as possible. And then I take a snippet of that, I export the part, and then I take the stereo audio and put it under that. And then that's probably the most important thing that made my account grew. All right, I don't know, maybe a thousand to two thousand character, sometimes a bit less, sometimes a bit more caption with. Oh wow! Insights and informations based on this track, and I okay. started with with that in June or May, I guess, and that gave me another huge boost because it's not like um, before. I just were like, yeah, I used this and that instruments, and um, it's a track for this and that. And I already talked quite a bit about um, game music things, so I, I explained what I did basically, but not in such a long way um, as a do now so um why did i use this instrument and i um, and then a few months ago i also began to create a few videos where i showcase stuff like uh, layering or branching in game music so i fade through the different layers and just like yeah show what you can do because such simple things in dynamic game music um like layering branching or parallel composing or whatever is something a lot of um, developers don't know about and so I think a lot of people who want to become a game composer get this question a lot too. Are like, yeah, I can I can do cool tracks that sound like two steps from hell. And um, like me, when I was 20 years old, I was like, yeah, I can do that. I'm a game composer. Listen to me. Um, but uh, that's totally wrong. And game devs don't know about that too. So um, you have to teach them. And so you present your setting points um, without being like, hey, do you want to pay me for my services? Um, because that's always weird, especially because there are a lot of people um, who are reaching out to to a lot of people every day trying to sell mm -hmm. their music and stuff. Yeah, so so there's two things to that. I think, number one, you're posting every day, which is keeping you front of mind for people, both both like potential clients and the people who are just interested in seeing what like uh, an inner look at your life is like, and then you're educating people and people are always happy to pay for education if it's something that they're interested in. So I, I think that's really smart. As far as like the DMs, when people are, are asking you like, what's the secret to being you or what's the secret to the, the industry? And you come back with like, well, there is no secret. The, the secret is nose to the grindstone and work really hard. And it's network. the answer no one wants to hear. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, they don't want to hear. I've been doing this for, for 10 years straight. And I just finally am starting to like kind of crack through the surface. No one wants to hear that. They want like, because they, you know, like you're saying with the visuals, like they see your studio. They're like, damn, this dude's setup is slick. It's got all these cool colors and like he's got this, you know, like awesome music set up. And it's like, that's what I need, you know, but it's like you didn't start off with that and they don't know that like all they see is like everyone sees like the finished product but no one sees the work and yeah and that's, that's the thing yeah. it's like most people are like so like what do i got it is there like one thing i need to say to, to game devs to get the gig and it's like no like you got to put in a, a lot of time into it and those are the things that no one ever sees they see the finished video or or the video with the views or or whatever like oh man like it's just like and they feel like it's like this 
certain thing that's required for entry that like, what do I need to do to get into the club or whatever? And it's just like a lot of it's not just aesthetics. It's just the work. Yeah, but I think it's pretty natural that people think that because I thought that too. And in general, in life, um, there's a solution to solve something. And so it's so or at least there are a lot of situations. If you do that, then you will achieve this. So especially also in the in the work world, um, I think you understand. It's like you can um, you can begin to work here, then you do this and that, and then you get promoted or something. The corporate and, ladder. And so yeah, absolutely. And that's something that doesn't exist. And that's what the people have to understand. That's why I talk so much about that, because that can really make you struggle hard during the first years when you notice nothing is happening. What the fuck am I doing wrong? And luckily for me, I somehow figured this out. But I would have been happy if um, there were people that were talking about this. And so when people are reaching out to me with this question, I still, I, I think I have to, I don't know, copy paste something or prepare, prepare a story highlight, but I'm still sending back these one minute voice messages where I try to explain uh, the whole thing as good as possible because I've, of course, I don't want to lie. So I'd never be like, yeah, I can sell you the the secret to become <laughs> a game composer. Um, but, um yeah, it's 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 really interesting that people think that way. But as I already said, I think I thought that way too. How about you? Didn't you think when you were younger that there was like an easy way into the music industry? Or did you know what was waiting for you? Uh, I wanted it to be more of a math equation than it was. Like a, a simple like step-by-step process that's laid out for you. And it's not. <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird because like what you can sometimes initially think is going to be your journey or or what's going to lead you toward doing the thing that you want to do never ends up really being that thing you know because like especially like for me like i was playing in bands and wanting to tour and then you do that and yeah. you're like actually that isn't what i want to do or like or like wanting to work in the music industry or something you think like oh well i do this so it's probably going to be like this thing but i've always felt like as long as you're just doing stuff trying different things i think that's the key it's not always like a one thing because you might be like a musician and then like you start doing video because you think you need to do video for oh, i want to do a youtube channel but then like you start getting really good at editing and then let's say like mm-hmm. some some car company says hey we really like your video editing style you want to like edit this commercial for us and next thing you know you're doing video editing for you know commercial products or what you know then you start working for this company so it's like you never know and you might be like oh wow actually like really fell in love with this other thing that i never thought was going to be the thing that i wanted to do and that's why i've always like like if you have interest in in something just like do stuff because you never know where it can take you and that's and i think that's even more exciting than just like thinking i want to do this one thing and you're doing 20 hour days and just you're, you're just driving yourself into the ground it's so important it's one of the best things of these self employment things or i don't know creative jobs or because in the in the small scale, of course, I it's so great that I don't know what I do next week. Maybe I write for I don't know. I can't imagine anything more spectacular than this book thing, the soundtrack for the book right now. But I don't know. And I was always open. And it's, a few people also asked me, Ah, should I should I specialize on writing for games or films or music? I don't know. Just do whatever you feel and you will notice where you are best. And I noticed that I'm best in writing for games. And so I put more time into this because mm. it I had a, a huge amount of fun while doing that. And also I felt like, yeah, I'm good. 
in in analyzing visuals and writing for games and i love games and that's awesome and as soon as i notice that i don't have fun anymore i start to think about things and then in most of the cases it was a situation where i didn't like the work environment where i didn't like the people and of course you can't say that you should avoid these people from the beginning because in the beginning it's always a bit harder you have to accept job that you don't like so it, now it's easy to say ah oh, i simply don't work with people i don't like but that's nothing you do that during the first years so that's not the best tip it's very hard to balance this to respect yourself don't undersell yourself don't i don't know join the price dumping crew but on the other hand try to survive Uh, it's it's super hard. That's why I worked on festivals and stuff. Um, to to and that's something I can really recommend. Make sure that you have enough money. However, work on festivals. If you are not good in audio tech, then maybe bake bread or something like this. Just make sure that you have as much money as you need to survive, because otherwise your your head will kill you um, by thinking about what the fuck am I doing next month if there is no income or stuff like that. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to squeeze water out of your creative process if you're uh, can't pay your electric bill. So, what advice do you give to someone starting out? Someone who is just trying, like you know, like they're messaging you because they they like you, and they're like, "Hey, how do I do something similar?" What what advice do you kind of? What's your copy paste that you send out? Mm. A classic voicemail would be something like the first few messages would be like, hey, yeah, um, I mentioned that it took me a lot, a lot of time. That's always the first sentence. There is yeah. no shortcut. That's something I say and write very often uh, these days. Um, that's the most important thing. That's everything. And if the people continue to listen to this voice message or continue reading the text, then they want to know something about that. And I always write things like, um, I don't know, I at least I don't know a shortcut because maybe there is an amazing <laughs> shortcut. I don't know, but I don't know one and I don't know a person who knows a shortcut. Yeah. And then um, the most important thing is passion. That's everything in my specific business, uh, specific business. So um, in creative art or music, creative things. If you try to get into the creative business, you have to have as much as much passion as possible you it's you should have an incredible amount of fun while working or doing your stuff because otherwise this whole thing will swallow you and it's not worth to do these things for the money or something mm -hmm. like all the people who are like yeah i'm becoming a rapper because i'm going to be rich as fuck no you won't probably not <laughs> so um, it's yeah totally And yeah, and that's the most important thing because otherwise this will be hard. And of course, in a better world, it would be like um, equal money for for every artist, and here is your um, and more support for. But that's not the world right now, and it's not reality right now. And there's a lot of abuse stuff. Um, there are these libraries that are getting better and better, and only one short sentence about these libraries they work they always did you can buy the awesome um fantasy music pack and it will work and that's a problem because in this um, minute it's hard to sell something different that's way more expensive it will work but in um in the same time it doesn't cover a lot a lot a lot of opportunities opportunities to increase the immersion immersion I don't know, the memorability and stuff and all these things to use music as a signal, mood technology and all, all this stuff. But um, yeah, that's that's a hard open end and you have to fight 
not only against other composers, but only against these libraries and AI. Who knows what AI will what AI will do in a few years? And that makes this point: include yourself as a person into your USPs even more important. Because I don't know, maybe in 20 years or something, that will be the only USP. Because AIs will be amazing composers. I don't know. We don't know. So, um, but yeah, passion. That's the most important thing. And then just I don't know. Look over here, over there. Do a little bit of this and that, and recreate as many soundtracks as possible. That's the most valuable exercise you can do. Yeah, try things, and you're gonna find out that you don't like a lot of things you thought you liked. So that's good. What's yeah. the What's the best advice you've ever been given? Can you think of anything there? I think I, during all these years, I should have talked to more people. I was always like a bit of I enjoy being alone, and I enjoy doing stuff on my own. And so I don't remember any specific advices, but probably something my mom said, because that's something super valuable that like covers my whole life. She was always like from the very early days when I was trying to become a rock star, she was like, okay, do this. And when I went to her and said, hey, um, I want to do this and that. Can you borrow me money? I pay you back. Goes, okay, you do this. And uh, back then I didn't 100% understand how valuable this is to have yeah. like uh, somebody that is there. Um, even if you are alone, you're never alone. And today I really, I couldn't appreciate this anymore. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's like the most valuable thing for me. And probably she said things, maybe not like an advice, like use a G minor instead of G or, or yeah. do this or that business step, but probably a single sentence or a lot of single sentence that just like gave me strength. Yeah. Strength. Having that support. Yeah. Sorry. That's a hard word for German mm -hmm. guys. Strength. Strength, yeah, yeah. Just having the support behind you that just keeps you going. You feel like the the wind is in your sails. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, the passion thing is the is the big thing because it's like if your whole motivation is just like money and fame, like <laughs> that is a you know goalpost thing. Maybe for some people, like I you know want to get you know my first paid gig, or I want to be able to you know make X amount of dollars a month, or I want to have this many projects. Like you always have those different you know goals and stuff and and it will always kind of you know i think we like we talked about this on one of our recent podcasts like it always kind of keeps moving back you know sometimes it moves back really far sometimes it's you know just like slow incremental things but it's like you have to have the the passion like you like you mentioned i think that's a very important thing because if you don't naturally want to like get better or work on things like you know like when you think about it when when we were all starting out or like learning guitar or, or learning an instrument mm -hmm. like no one was paying you to do that. There was no like, oh man, like I want, you know, maybe you're like, I want to be able to like learn a song or or something like that. But who, you know, where's your motivation for practicing? It was just because you had a passion and, and love for wanting to do it because it was fun. You know, it's, that is always like the most important thing. Like if, if you're doing something and you're not having fun anymore, like that's a pretty good sign that you're, you're not doing the right thing or there's something that you're doing that needs to be changed or you're, you're, thought process on it or something because it's like also that's another thing too like you know like with like gratitude like if if you're in your if you know you create your own favorite space and you're not having fun at it anymore it's either like maybe maybe you're just getting pulled in, in the wrong direction or you need to like step back and have a little gratitude and think about you know three reasons why you should be stoked on life when it's you know because sometimes you might just be like man like everything sucks right now but it's like you know sometimes i think like man like i never had any of this stuff yeah so it's like, I should be pretty happy because it's like things could be way worse. 
Yeah, but it's hard sometimes to. That's what I already said to 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 really understand that your current situation. I think it's it's easier to be like, or you will notice how awesome your life was when it gets worse. Yeah. That's what happens. So that's always mm -hmm. the case in in any part of the life. Um, but yeah, and you're totally right. These words were pretty amazing, and um, that's something I actively or try in an active way just to appreciate stuff more and be like calm down a little bit because um, I feel old uh, with 30 years now and so it's like <laughs> um, I have to I don't know I, I don't want to to rush through my life anymore chasing the next big goals because of course I also I'm like oh, it would be awesome to earn this amount of money with music because then I could buy an even more awesome studio or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's not like I don't care about money, but it, everybody does because it allows. But I care about money because it allows me a to survive and b to make even better music or become my or make my creative space my happy space. I don't know, yeah, just even, creating the life that you want to live yeah, and feel comfortable. And, yeah. And that should be your number one priority, as you already said, just like to to always, I don't know, maybe once a year, maybe once a month, just like double checking if you are happy. So with what you do, especially if you're spending a lot of time on these things, so maybe it's not worth it. I'm in the lucky, I'm, I know that I'm still after 10 or 15, I don't know, years, 100% happy. So my neck is messed up now, but that's okay. I can take care of that. And But I know I'm super happy. There's super hard times, but I'm super happy, even if the times are super hard. And so I know I'm doing the right thing. I don't know where I'll be in five years. I have no idea. But that's awesome. Because if I imagine to sit like in um, a business house or a company, <laughs> um, And it would be like, yeah, um, you have to work 50 more years on this computer and then you can enjoy your life. <laughs> and yeah. That's the, and I don't want you to, um, I don't want to make it sound like that's the worst way of life. Luckily, there are people who love this way of life to like being safe and stuff, because if mm. everybody would be like me or us it would be a, a horrible world that wouldn't work probably and so um it's awesome if that's your way to go then maybe that's the way to go but in my specific case i know that this would i don't know it would drive it would drive me crazy probably i never worked um like in a fixed situation for somebody what's the name employment mm -hmm. something and um i i hope that i can keep this for the rest of my life but maybe not maybe i want to become an in-house composer or something or maybe i want to open up um a little store where i sell cake i don't know totally it's, yeah i would that that is something i would like to do is one day have a food truck oh, oh they would be awesome you know like when Germany. you think of like like <laughs> things like completely different from what you normally do like if i had like a million dollars and I could like start like some new venture. It would, I think it would, I would do it like a food truck or something. Uh, like vegan, a vegan food truck. Hey. That would be, that would be awesome. What kind of food? V uh, that is any, any types of vegan food. I don't know. Like stuff I've been like trying to make is like, you know, because at first it was like, all right, how can I recreate the things that I used to eat? But in, in this way, yeah, like that, that was always like the, I was like, I'd probably do stuff just like that. I like, I do that a lot about this food truck. I actually really think a lot about, and sometimes I like thinking about having a little hut, maybe in, I don't know, um, 
Norwegen, Norway or something, just like selling the most important things. Here is a cake or a coffee or some milk and just like this way of life because it's a 100% contrast to my life. Sometimes mm -hmm. seems like a great idea, but um, <laughs> I also know that it wouldn't make me happy for long, at, at least not right now, maybe in a few years, but it's pretty much the same. Just like being there and just selling a, a few things and looking at trees. Yeah. yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing makes you feel better than like making, a, preparing a meal for someone and seeing them like, man, this is so good. It's yeah, like, I, I mean, it's that. like with music, it's like, you know, you can make a thing and then like you play it from you're like, oh, I hope they like it or oh God, like, you know, it's, it's like <laughs> the same thing for me when I make food for someone and like, all right, here you go. Like, I'm like, oh, they're going to like it. You know, oh, like what, you know, but then they're like, oh man, this is awesome. It's like that same kind of thing. Like, oh, hell yeah. Like, It's pretty close, actually. Maybe that's why I want to sell only coffee and stuff. I don't want to be graded in this dream I have in a few yeah. years. You don't want like Gordon Ramsay to come by and try your cake, like, oh, absolutely not. No, that's, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. So I was I was asking about like, would you do like taco, like a taco truck, or would like a specific uh, genre no, of food? No, I, I think it would. It's just all it, vegan food. Yeah, I think it, I'd like to 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 switch it up, you know, like maybe have like a like have like a breakfast, breakfast, lunch, and dinner type stuff, or just have different stuff like like egg burritos, or like tofu scrambles or burgers. Uh -huh. Could do tacos too. I'd be down to do whatever. Bitch and sauce on the side. A little bit of that bitch and sauce. Yeah, <laughs> bitch and sauce. Let me get an endorsement. <laughs> uh, okay, so Toby, awesome promotion. <laughs> Toby, tell us about a personal project you're excited about. Do you have any passion oh. projects on the side that you're that you're looking forward to? So this, there is this project, um, NFC Need for Cheese, like a top-down action RPG, Diablo-esque, but you're playing as a rat and stuff. But it's it's cool, and I worked on this game for two years now. Wow! And it it was my first really big soundtrack where i could make a lot of use of all these layering things and stuff i planned way too much in the beginning and i learned a lot that you don't need you shouldn't one light motive is probably enough because otherwise you confuse the player and stuff maybe two but i don't know and it, it was really an amazing trip and i spent way too much time if i would um, look at it like the money i got and the amount of hours I spent but that's totally fine because these guys from Croatia they are awesome two guys and um, I traveled there actually in a month or so and for cool. um, a DEFCON or something and right now since a few weeks we are able to play the first alpha and stuff and I can test all these things I did in the Unreal Engine like implementing sounds and music and stuff that's something you should learn too by the way there are a lot of soft skills that you should take an eye on like understanding Unreal Engine wise and stuff middleware but never mind there's um, a lot of software yeah yeah <laughs> and um, and that's that feels so awesome because that's the first game that I scored where I really feel like yeah I would I would buy this game not because the other ones were bad but Maybe because, I don't know, I, I really like top-down action RPGs. Diablo 2 was one of my most played games when I was younger. And um, and so that feels so amazing right now that we are coming to an end, which means only one year more or, some, more or something, because polishing stuff is uh, something that takes a lot of time, especially if you're only three people. Um, yeah, they began way, stuff. yeah, and they began way earlier. I joined them like two years ago, and they began. They work in this thing. I don't know, six or seven years. They are working wow. in some triple A team, uh, like as their main job, and are doing this during the nights. And um, yeah, they are awesome. 
And um, besides that, I'm doing two games right now. So this NFC things runs parallel all the time. And then I always try to have two or at least one main priority project active. And these two games are pretty cool. Smaller projects, 20 minutes of music each. One, And it's a nice contrast. And that's something I like. So it's nothing super specific right now. Nothing super exciting happening in the next days. Um, but who knows? Um, but that's a nice situation because one game is a pretty weird one where are a seagull that fights people and other seagulls. And it's a pretty weird game, weird music, because we went for a mix, like a mix of classic, uh, cliche um, orchestra instrument with some Caribbean style beach music, because it's a weird game. We have combat, but a seagull, I don't know, I try to combine <laughs> some things and some, and, and that's fun. And the other one is a classic, straightforward horror survival game with like ambiences and dark things. And that's something it's, and that's great because, um, I like to switch things up. So there's always one day where I work on this and then the next one on the other one. And there the other, the client can reply during that time. And, and that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I was going to um, ask you how you juggle the project. So do you spend like multiple hours per day on one? And then the next day you'll switch to like, like switching from composing for horror to composing like a Caribbean music would be kind of jarring for me. So do you like break it up into days or weeks or do you sometimes do like two hours of horror and then two hours of that like fantasy stuff? Mm -hmm. In most of the times I, I don't know, actually, I, I said that I do it day by day, but there are a lot of days where I do both. And sometimes I like that. So I take a short break, obviously just like, look outside, get some sun or something like that. Yeah. Not going outside. That should happen more often. Um, but then, <laughs> I don't the know. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, for some reason, it always worked for me. Just I also never had any problems with not being or like creative blocks or something. Luckily, maybe this will change. But when I sit down and I'm in a good mood and that's sometimes I've, or in not a super bad mood. So <laughs> if I am in a slightly bad mood, that's fine too. I just sit here, I look at the project and maybe I play around a little bit, browse through some presets. That's what I do a lot. Just like getting inspired and stuff. And then, I don't know, then begins this moment, you probably know that, where a thousand ideas appear and you just pick a few of them and throw them at the project as much as possible. And then later you reduce that again. And that's so amazing. So it's not, I. it's more like something I like to switch at one day from one very different project to another pretty different project. It's like a task I like to to mm -hmm. switch around and to, to yeah. And what genres of music are you composing the most of? Is it like fantasy, cinematic, uh, orchestral stuff? Or is like, wh what's your go-to kind of like bread and butter? Mm, during the first years, I probably, that's what I did most of the time. I tried to sound like Thomas Bergeson or something like that. So that was mm -hmm. my, because that was my first contact to this epic orchestral music stuff with like all this music that was used way too much until today uh, it's uh, it's a problem but um yeah and so i did that a lot um and i still have a lot of influences by that but um i don't know i think what i always love especially in the last few months there were quite a few of them to combine sometimes chip tune or 8-bit with modern orchestral elements because i personally love these 
8-bit things. And mm -hmm. um, of course, it has to fit. And uh, for example, there was a pixel art Metroidvania. And that's awesome because you have modern lights and stuff. You have dangerous situations. You can always combine that with these things. And in general, I like to combine things. Just to, there's a lot of stupid stuff uh, or a lot of stupid stuff came out that just sounded like shit so but that's fine because you can <laughs> i always like to to throw a few things together but yeah there's pretty much always at least something orchestra going on i guess even if it's like hardly edited so that's also what i like to do a lot to to just like transform destroy sounds to try what happens or to look what happens that's always something you can do in games very great. Just like if you take an instrument, connect it to something, and let's say the world becomes worse and worse, it gets like corrupted, and the instrument can become corrupted too, and the player will notice that subconsciously, and so you support the visual layer by nice. yeah, letting them evolve hand in hand. What kind of plugins are you using to get the lo-fi 8-bit sound? Or like are you using sample libraries mm. or just like throwing effects plugins on? For these 8-bit things, I have two libraries that I use a lot. There's um, one, especially for chiptune and stuff, is uh, by UV, UVI, okay, yeah. I guess, mm -hmm. um, the 8-bit uh, synth, I oh, guess. Nice. And that's something I really use a lot because you can, I don't know, play around a little. You have a lot of um, stuff for uh, manipulating modulation and stuff. And I tried these things. There are these uh, things that act like uh, the old, uh, yeah, I don't know, Amiga processors and stuff or the Super Nintendo processors. But I never, I don't know, I, I somehow wasn't able to make it work in a good way for me. And yeah. I, yeah, and I don't know, I work, I don't work with um, own recorded samples anyway. So I always work with VSTs plus um, plugins, plus maybe my acoustic guitar that I re record or other musicians that I hire for something. And so that's awesome. And uh, from from Ugri Tone, I guess, uh, and 16-bit synthesizer, it's, he makes pretty weird stuff. I think it's one person. Okay. And he does some um, weird metal drums and stuff too. He's, he's a pretty weird person. And he always drinks beer and seems to be super happy. And uh, <laughs> he has a great, um, but I don't know the name, Koji. Yeah, so Koji. we got Sound Iron's got to get an eight bit library going. We don't have any. Uh, we don't have any oh, <laughs> eight bit stuff right now. Oh, I, I, I thought I missed that. No. So maybe you should do something. It's I I will buy it immediately, or I write a demo track. For it. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. I mean, a lot go. of our uh, vintage keys definitely lend themselves to to you that can old get school there. kind of. Oh, yeah. The oh the UFO thing. Um, mm. that's I, I actually still use that a lot I created I don't know I, I think five or six sounds that I created during writing the demo track and afterwards that are uh, still one of a few of my go-to sounds for creating stuff like that and for a few other situations mm -hmm. so uh, good that you mentioned that one yeah man that's awesome so uh, we just have a few a few quick questions to close this thing out so the first one would be do you have a best recent purchase under a hundred dollars? So it could be, uh, it can be an experience. It could be a video game. Oh, what is that? Oh, it's my my Dark Samus Aaron um, Amiibo. Very nice. That's um, I'm in love with her. Also, ever on my arm, my first um, video game I um, ever played. I played through, and so that was a great purchase. Which uh, which Metroid game is your favorite? Um, Metroid Fusion on Game Boy Advance. 
Nice. <laughs> I'm all about that Super Super Metroid for Super Nintendo. That one's my favorite. Yeah, I played it after Metroid Fusion, so um, probably it if it would have been the other way around. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was my first one. So that game's too hard for me. I just rage quit every time. <laughs> it <laughs> is hard, but it's so great. The music. Yeah, years back, I rebought a uh, Super Nintendo just to get Final Fantasy three and Super Metroid because those were like two yeah, games yeah, I used yeah. to play a lot when I was a kid. When I was a kid, and I was I, like, I I went on eBay and got it for like fifty bucks with like everything pretty much. Uh-huh. I got one yeah. recently too. Let's oh, but yeah, that's pretty a few weeks ago. Anyway, Quick Fire. <laughs> the, no you're good the next question is uh favorite youtube channel podcast or tv show at the moment just something that you're enjoying eight bit theory is awesome okay i don't and i watch a lot of weird speedrun explain videos why they like uh the acts like it's like a thesis or something 45 minute videos about the history of mario kart speedruns. <laughs> i don't know why and wow. i like the, yeah, it's it's weird. It's, it's summoning salt, and I like. Um, I never played Final Fantasy, but I like. I, I'm the last few days I watched like hours during when I lay in bed about the hardest bosses in Final Fantasy, the best swords and stuff. Also, mm-hmm. like I don't know why I, I didn't play this game, but for some reason, stuff like that, gaming related, calms me down. And a lot of gaming podcasts, yeah, to stay update up to date. That's crazy you haven't played Final Fantasy, dude. You got to get on that. Yeah, not a single one. I love Breath of Fire 2. Maybe you know that for... it's That was my Yeah, like I used to play... Like, do you ever play like Corona Trigger and stuff like that? Yeah, like, I, I played like these, all these awesome... But I, for some reason, I, I don't know. I, I never played a single one. And, and now I'm afraid to start them because I don't know where to start. And, it's, and I hate the uh, early PS1 look. So it's really hard to replay. Well, it's, it's, you can start yeah. with the Final Fantasy VII remake. That's like... I mean, Seven's probably the most like loved of yeah. like a lot of the people who are into it. The remake I, is very it it's similar, but there's a lot of things that are new and different that I because yeah, I played yeah, seven, I the original Seven a few times. But. Then it was awesome for you, wasn't it? Because I know what they changed, and I think it was amazing when you played the the old game back then. Yeah, I mean, but, I remember when when the when the first Final Fantasy Seven came out and. You know, yeah. just like, you know, I got the PlayStation right when it first came out. And I remember like playing, you know, and like seeing the trailer for seven. And back then those graphics were amazing compared to Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, you know, I, I think I'm I'm just uh, since I grew up with that stuff, it's not too, too much of a big change for me. Like some people now are probably like, oh, those graphics are trash because everyone's so spoiled with how great things look now. But I'm like. I came up from playing nah. Final Fantasy One on Nintendo, so yeah, and that's great. That's a great look. I laugh, I, but I think these old 3D graphics just didn't age well. But I also don't really like I, awesome graphic. That's cool for a minute, but I'm I don't know. I always preferred like 2D games, and especially when we come to JRPGs, like round-based fights. I, mm-hmm. I can't get into this. Uh, like what um, a lot of games, Tales of Arise and stuff, did that too, where you have to, I don't know what, what what's happening. If you smash a few buttons, there are lights everywhere. And I want a good round-based system like uh, Dragon Quest and stuff. That's what I enjoy playing today. But yeah, quick fire. It's quick fire on our part. It doesn't have to be quick on yours. <laughs> they're, yeah. just, uh, they're just starting points. Um, the last one I have for you is what goals do you have for yourself in the next couple of years? What's next for you? becoming a bit more relaxed i think it's not nothing job related if i obviously want to 
keep growing, to have great projects that where where we have a budget to create awesome things. That's the most amazing thing. If I'm allowed to do that, everything's fine. I love indie teams and stuff. But the most something where I really have to be a bit careful and to take care of is like to calm down a little bit and to to learn to relax and find some hours of yeah silence or like just like to calming down again and not being like okay now it's 2 a.m but let's think about tomorrow for four hours from now <laughs> and that's that's really exhausting and they i'm noticing this a lot the last few two or three years and um i became better already but um yeah that's my main goal just like basically it's what we already talked about again just like um staying happy and becoming a bit healthier and doing stuff for my body and my mental health and just staying happy and yeah, yeah that's it exercise is, is a great one for that too good old exercise what are your hobbies and interests outside of music and games yeah um, <laughs> it's okay if you don't have any those are <laughs> nah, it's I, all I, consuming I, I, I recently started to to drive around with my bike again. That feels oh, nice. really good. And I, the last two times or something, I did it the first time with without headphones on because I already told you I'm always I don't know I don't listen to music. I can't do that because that's analyzing again. But I want to listen to somebody talking all the time for whatever reason. And I did it without headphones, and it was amazing. Just like driving around, you feel that you're doing something with your body um that's that's awesome i don't know and it, i i bought like gloomhaven i don't know if you know that it's like a, a big um dnd like board game where that oh. you can like together like a guided dnd game for two persons you don't need like the storyteller because sadly i, I never was able to dive into these things uh, because i'm not old enough or i don't know and that's something i look forward to and but that's pretty much it i think luckily gaming and creating music are my topless priorities yeah your first loves that's that's all you yeah. need really that's awesome man well toby thanks so much for coming on dude this was a blast and um, we will point people to your instagram so they can see these videos of you performing this music and stay in touch with you and they can send you a dm that says How can I do what you do? And you yeah, can, uh, send I'd him a voice. <laughs> just, just tell him, tell him to check out the podcast. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can just, <laughs> yeah. you can just point Absolutely. him to this podcast from now on. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's a wise thing. Just like self promotion and a great advice for me, actually. So <laughs> it was a nice thing you just said. It's all about the two birds with one stone. Was that, how do you do that? <laughs> Absolutely, man. All right. Well, we'll catch up with you soon. Uh, Craig, catch you next week, dude. All right, man. Later. Toby, right. thanks again. <laughs>